Captain Max and the misfit crew of the Star Cutter cruise the galaxy in search of their next payday. This is Captain Max Episode 4, Space Cheese Balls. As usual, Ted and Number One sat at their workstations on the bridge of the ship. They tapped their screens, scrolling through images and information from the ship's computer. Ted is focusing his attention on communication, reviewing messages from contacts all across the galaxy, while Number One is focusing his attention on the ship itself, reviewing information about fuel levels, the ship's energy usage, and their current trajectory. A door whooshes open, and Captain Max steps onto the bridge. Number One, report! Fuel levels adequate. Ship functions normal. We are on course, answered the robot navigator. Ted, give me something good. We've been floating around for days with no work and I'm getting bored of it, said Max. I think I've got just the thing, said Ted, still looking at his screen. Recent news reports are saying that an entire shipping container of cheese balls was knocked off of a space train by some errant asteroids. It's still reported missing, and the reward is high. An entire shipping container of cheese balls? That's a small fortune, said Max. Why hasn't it been retrieved yet? It says here that the space train was trying to save time by cutting through an asteroid field, said Ted. As you might imagine, an errant asteroid knocked the container right off its platform, and it's still floating out there among the hundreds and thousands of other asteroids. It hasn't been retrieved yet because no one wants their ship to crash into an asteroid and explode into space dust. Makes sense, said Max. Well, we are definitely getting that container of cheese balls. Number one, plot a course and make haste. Yes, Captain. Course correction. Speed 10, replied number one. And the star cutter blasted through space to reach the asteroid belt and retrieve the lost cheese balls. Max and her crew saw the asteroid belt from afar. It was a massive path of floating space rocks. Most travelers avoided it, since the asteroids moved unpredictably, often smashing into each other and whatever else floated through space among them. As Max, Number One, and Ted looked at the ship's viewing screen, assessing the huge floating rocks, a call came to the bridge from Lala. Lala was rarely on the bridge, spending most of her time tinkering in the ship's engine rooms. Uh, Captain? Lala here. I'm looking out my view screen and can't help but notice we're getting pretty close to that asteroid belt there, Lala said over the communication system. Yep, replied Max. Well, I'm just making sure we're not planning on trying to fly around in there, seeing as how that would be incredibly dangerous and all, said Lala. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, Lala. We'll get close, but we won't be going in there. I have another plan for getting those cheese balls, said Max. Ted then interrupted. Captain, we're getting communication from a ship that just blasted into our space. Put it on the screen, yelled Max. An image blipped onto the large view screen in front of them. It was an image of a huge ship that appeared to be made from polished silver. The ship was sleek and shiny and beautiful and at least twice the size of the star cutter. It appeared next to them suddenly, as if traveling at high speeds and stopping instantly. Max narrowed her eyes and gritted her teeth. Gertrude, she grumbled. Gertrude? asked Ted. Well, who's Gertrude? 
Gertrude Snodsmith Anklebone III, answered number one, one of the galaxy's most successful merchants. Stories say her ship is undefeated in battle. Stories say she is hundreds of years old. Stories say she has bought, sold, or transported over one bajillion credits of merchandise. Stories say... Enough stories, number one, yelled Max. Ted, open up a call with that ship right away. Instantly, an image blipped on screen of a very old woman, adorned in the finest jewelry and silks. Each finger had multiple rings on it, and they shined of gold, silver, and bright gemstones. Her neck sparkled with the largest and most beautiful necklaces ever seen. She smiled deviously into her camera for Max to see. Gertrude, what are you doing here? hollered Max. Little Max Crashwell, straight to the point, as usual. How are you, dear? asked Gertrude. I was fine until you popped into my space a few seconds ago. Now tell me why you just happen to be here in the same little corner of space as me, asked Max again. Well, Max, dear, as you probably already know, there's a lost shipment of cheese balls somewhere in that asteroid belt, and I'm going to get it. You know that many cheese balls are worth a fortune, and I'm a big fan of fortunes, said Gertrude. Yeah, we'll see about that, said Max. Just remember space rules, Gertrude. Finders keepers. The only thing that rules this space is me, Max. Good luck, dear, said Gertrude, and the screen went blank. Ugh, I can't stand that lady. Number one, get us away from Gertrude's ship and close to that asteroid belt. Let's start looking for that shipping container, said Max. The asteroid belt was huge. So big, you could not see from one end to the other. So it was very possible for Max and Gertrude to look for the loot without running into each other. Number one guided the star cutter away from the huge, shiny spaceship and began steering just outside the asteroid belt. Hey, Captain, began Ted. How exactly do you plan on getting the container without going into the asteroid belt? Good question, Ted, said Max. Once we find that big box of cheesy goodness, I'm going to climb inside a torpedo and have Lala shoot me right to it. Then I'll float out in space, attach some cable to the container, and you guys will crank it and me back to the star cutter. That sounds incredibly dangerous, said Ted. Yep, confirmed Max. I'll take care of all the dangerous stuff. You and number one focus on finding that shipping container. Max visited with Lala in the engine room to discuss her plan, while number one and Ted figured out how to find the shipping container in the huge asteroid field. After some time brainstorming and coding at their workstations, Number One and Ted had devised a great way to locate the loot. What do you got, boys? asked Max after giving them some time to figure it out. Well, the shipping container is a rectangle, like a giant shoebox, with perfect right angles and perfectly flat sides, began Ted. But all those asteroids are very irregular, crooked angles and bumps and curves. So we programmed the ship's external cameras to identify the unique shape of the shipping container. All we need to do is fly near the asteroid belt with all our cameras pointed at it. When it identifies any shape, like the shipping container, it will alert us and show us where. Amazing, said Max. Let's get to it then. Number one set the ship on a course to float around the asteroid belt in a pattern, just close enough for the cameras to read the shapes within. 
Hours passed, and finally the workstations on the bridge began beeping and flashing red. Number one, get that image up on the view screen, yelled Max. Number one tapped his screen a few times, and the large screen on the bridge came to life with an image of the asteroid field. A small dot of red flashed on the image. There it is! Zoom in! Max pointed at the screen. The image zoomed in more and more until the shipping container came into view. It was floating right up against a small asteroid. It was banged up a bit, dented and scratched, but still intact and sealed and full of cheese balls. Yes, said Max, pumping her fist. Great job, you two. Now get us in a little closer, number one. I'm heading down to the torpedo tubes. And Max rushed through her ship to the torpedo bay. Lala met her there, and they stood near long tubes that pointed out to space. All right, baby, here it is, said Lala, patting one of the tubes. All you gotta do is get into a spacesuit, climb into one of the torpedoes, and I'll launch you right to that container. Sounds good, said Max, already stepping her feet into the pants of a spacesuit. You sure this'll work? You got it, baby, said Lala. Sounds crazy, but it'll work. And you got all the gear I need in that backpack? asked Max. Yeah, about that. What's with the bomb you had me pack in there? asked Lala. I thought we were going to collect the reward on those cheese balls, not blow them up. Max pulled on the spacesuit and sealed it up. She slung on a backpack full of gear and answered. It's just a last resort. With Gertrude floating around out there, I need as many tricks as I can fit up my sleeve. Max then climbed into the huge torpedo tube. To her, it was like laying down in a water slide. Lala sealed the torpedo and tapped on her workstation screen. She programmed the computer to launch the torpedo Max was in directly to the shipping container. With the final press of a button, the torpedo launched from the ship and out to the asteroid field. Max felt the pressure of being shot into space inside of a torpedo, and in just a few minutes, she felt the torpedo clunk to a stop with a jolt. Max opened the torpedo, and in her spacesuit, she stood up and looked out into space. She turned behind her and saw the long cable attached to the torpedo stretch all the way back to her ship. It was scary doing spacewalks like this. Floating freely out in the void was dangerous. But Max knew this would be a quick mission if everything went as planned. Max reached back and unhooked the cable from the torpedo. She pushed off and floated toward the shipping container. She attached the cable to the shipping container and made sure it was stable. Now there was a long, sturdy metal cable running from her ship all the way out to the container of cheese balls. All they needed to do was pull the container into the star cutter and get out of there. Max tapped the comms on her helmet and reached out to her crew on the star cutter. Lala, can you hear me? Come in, Lala, said Max. Loud and clear, baby, said Lala. You good? All good, Lala. Crank me in, said Max. Max held on to the shipping container as the long metal cable was cranked back into her ship, pulling the giant box of cheese balls along with it. Soon she would be back in the comfort of the star cutter with a huge load of cheese balls. When the star cutter was about halfway done cranking in the container, a shadow loomed over Max. 
she turned to see the shiny, massive ship of Gertrude Snodsmith Anklebone III. Ted then came in on Max's helmet comms. Captain, it looks like we've got company. Do you want us to open fire or something? No, <sighs> sighed Max. We wouldn't stand a chance against that ship. We've got to give up the loot. I'll be back to the ship in a bit. Max watched as long robotic tentacles slithered from Gertrude's ship and toward the shipping container Max was holding on to. At the end of these cables were huge robotic hands. They clenched and grabbed as they closed in on Max. All right, Gertrude, whispered Max to herself. You want the cheese balls? You got them. Max unhooked her cable from the shipping container and attached it to her spacesuit. Then she slung her backpack around to the front, unzipped it, and reached inside. She floated over to the other side of the shipping container, the side that Gertrude's ship couldn't see. She pulled out a magnetic bomb from her backpack and stuck it on the side of the container. Then Max unhooked her cable from the container of cheese balls and held on tight. Then Max reached out to her crew on comms. Lala, crank this cable in quick. You got it, baby, said Lala, and the cable pulling Max went tight, and she was quickly delivered back to her ship. Moments later, on the bridge, Gertrude was up on the view screen. Dear Max, too bad about those cheese balls. But you understand, sometimes the bigger ship gets the spoils, said Gertrude. Oh, I get it, Gertrude, said Max, grinning, as she pulled a small remote from her pocket. The remote was gray with one large red button on it. I just hope you like your cheese balls toasted. Max pressed the button, and Gertrude's screen shook. Max could hear the explosion through Gertrude's comms. You, you blew the cheese balls? You little rat! You damaged my ship! Oh, you'll pay for this, Max! Gertrude yelled, seething with anger. No longer her calm, rude self. Ted clicked off the comms and switched to space view. They saw Gertrude's beautiful ship, now with dark scorch marks along one side and smoking. It would take her crew weeks to repair the damage. Number one, get us out of here, said Max. Affirmative. Speed 10, replied number one. The end. <laughs>